Well, good morning, church. We're glad you're here this morning. We're going to continue in our series called Winning, Getting Game Ready. And so I want to kind of once again remind you what we mean by winning. Maybe this is your first time with us. And if so, my name is Doug and I'm the East Campus Pastor and I'm delighted that you were here this morning. But when we think about winning, I want you to kind of understand what we mean by that. When we talk about winning around here, we're talking about experiencing those small victories in life where God works in us and through us for his kingdom and for his glory. So we're not talking about prosperity gospel. We're talking about winning from the sense of God working in us and through us and us getting the chance to see the very thing we said, sang about a moment ago, and that's the victories that God brings our way because he's using us in this world. Now, if we're going to win, if we're going to experience those victories, we said from the very first week, we've got to be game ready, right? We've got to be game ready. And so we've been talking about this whole series is about what does it mean for you and I to be game ready? What does it take for you and I to get game ready. So we started with positioning. If we're going to be game ready, we've got to be positioned for God to use us. And so very right out of the gate, week one, we talked about, are you positioning yourselves with the wickedness of this world, with the scoffers of this world, with the sinners of this world? Or are you positioning yourself with God's word by meditating on it day and night and delighting in the law of the Lord? Where are you positioning yourself in the world? Are you positioning yourself with people that are going to take you away from the Lord, that want to speak into your life, but not speak into it in the sense of moving you closer to God, but further away from God? Or are you positioning yourself by reading, focusing, and meditating on the truth of God's word. So if we're going to win, we've got to position ourselves correctly. And then we talked about the next week about you've got to decide, are you a player in the game? Are you a spectator? Are you someone that's just, in a, in a spiritual sense, are you just happy to have the jersey, the, the title Christian? Are you really out there living for the Lord? Are you really out there making a difference, wanting your life to count for the name and the renown of Jesus? Well, how are you living your life? Are, are you just a fan of Jesus, an enthusiastic admirer? Are you really following Jesus? If we're going to be game ready, we've got to be a player, not a spectator. And then a couple weeks ago, we talked about this idea of the game plan. And we said, if you're going to be a player in the game, if you're going to be game ready, you got to know the game plan. And I know for many of us, we talk about what is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? What is God's plan for me? And I was able to show you that if you take all the truth that we learned from the old and all the truth that we learned from the New Testament, and you could sum it up in one verse, you could sum it up in Micah 6, 8, when it says, this is what the Lord requires of you, to do justice love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. That's it. When you think about what is God's game plan for your life, it's to do what's right, to show people kindness and mercy, and to commit your life walking humbly with your Lord. That's the game plan. Now today we're going to take it a step further. If we now know the game plan, now what do we have to do to take that plan and put it into practice? Are you with me on that? If you're with me, say I am. I want to make sure you're awake this morning because if we're going to listen, if we're going to know the game plan, that's not where it stops for us. We got to take the plan and put it into practice. I remember when I was coaching uh, junior high football, we would spend our weeks talking about our game plan. We knew who we were playing. Uh, we would watch film. I would talk about what we're going to do. We knew the plan, and we would we would spend days laying out how we were going to carry that plan out. And then during the practice sessions, we would actually practice exact against exactly the defense they were going to run or the offense they were going to run. We would do exactly what they were going to do, and we would work on, here's, here's the plan is laid out, here's how we're going to put it into practice, and here's exactly what we need to do. And then it would come game night. 
And it was as if I had never said anything to any of these kids before. They had no idea what they were doing. I'm like, we're trying to run light, and our guy's running left. I mean, it was like, where were you the last five days, right? Because you knew the game plan. We worked on it. We put it into practice, in practice. And now you've gone brain dead. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm like, you're totally like, what are we doing now, right? And here's what I learned from that. It's not enough just to know the game plan. You've got to put it into practice. And listen to me, if you don't put it into practice, are you ever going to win the game? No. And I think the same thing is true for you and I spiritually. We know God's game plan for our lives, to do what's right, do justice, to love mercy, show kindness to people, and to walk humbly with our God. We know the game plan, but the question I want to start out with this morning is this, are you putting that into practice? When you look at your life, are you making the right decision? We're all faced with decisions, but are we choosing to do what's right? Not based on your opinion, but based on the truth of God's word. Are we doing what's right? Are we showing mercy? And are we spending every day, time every day, walking humbly with our God? And so are we putting our plan into practice. Today, I want to look at a passage. I want to look at a guy that hopefully we can, we can be challenged by the story, but we can find inspiration and motivation because God takes this guy that we're going to look at today, and he knows the plan, and now God's going to challenge him to take that plan and put it into practice. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 is where I'm going to be this morning, and I know you just sit down, but if you don't mind, would you stand with me in honor of reading God's Word? Chapter 1 I'm going to begin reading verse 1 through verse 9 this morning. Here's what the Word of God says. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this, this Jordan, that you and all this people into the land that I am giving to you, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give to you. I have given you. Just as I promised Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to the forefathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from the right hand or to the left you go. This book of the law, I'm sorry, to the, or to the left, so that you may be good, experience good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And the church said, amen. 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 You may have a seat. Now, as you look at this passage, there are four things that I want to highlight. Four things, if we think about taking the game plan God has given us to do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with our God, there's four things that I want us to look at today that can helpfully inspire us, motivate us, challenge us to take the plan that God has given us and put it into practice. The first thing I want you to notice is the call to put the plan into practice. The call 
to put the plan in practice. Go back with me in verse 1 and 2. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all the people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Did you pick up on what God told Joshua to do? He says, rise and what? Go. Rise and go. Now, if you were to think about this in context, there might be some of you going, okay, is, is God being a little insensitive? Because what does the first line of the verse say? Moses, my servant, is what? He's dead. Moses is gone. Now, think about that for a moment. Moses, his servant, is gone. Moses, the one who was the deliverer of Israel. Remember, he went to Pharaoh, and he had all of these plagues that came along, and then he's the one that marched them across the Red Sea. He's the one that went up onto the mountain and came down with the Ten Commandments. He's the one whose face showed the glory of God because he had met with the Lord. This guy who delivered them, cared for them, and led them out of bondage into freedom. This guy, who everybody loved and revered, is gone. He's dead. And it seems a bit insensitive that the father would say to Joshua, hey, Joshua, by the way, Moses is dead. It's time to move on. It's almost like in this passage, Moses is a footnote in the story. Now, I want to suggest to you this morning, I don't believe God was being insensitive at all. I believe that God was driven by something, that God was driven by he had a plan for Israel, and that plan still had to be carried out. Right? That plan is something that still God said, I want you to do. I want you to rise and go. This plan was still in place. He's like, listen, I know that there's difficulty. I know you suffered loss, but I want you to make sure that you still keep moving toward this plan. See, if you've ever watched a football game, have you ever watched a football game? And if you're not sports-minded, I'm sorry. Have you ever watched a soap opera? I don't know. If you've ever watched something and somebody gets injured, you ever watched a football game and somebody gets injured? Anybody? Okay. Like, I remember as a kid, I used, to, I used to like the New York Giants only because Lawrence Taylor played. I like Lawrence Taylor. And I remember the game, and you know what I'm talking about already, don't you? When Lawrence Taylor tackled Joe Theismann, who played for the Washington Redskins, and it broke his leg, and you thought, they're not going to show it on TV, and you actually saw the bone sticking out of his leg on national television. You, you all know what I'm talking about? Anybody remember that? And then the movie Blindside came out, and they showed that same clip. I'm like, there's no way they're going to show the bone sticking out. And I'll, I'll be tell you what, they showed the bone sticking out there again. And so it was a horrific injury. It was an injury that stopped the game for minutes. I mean, this game stopped for a long period of time. I mean, there was people on their knees. They were praying. There was medical staff that came out. There was a lengthy, lengthy, lengthy delay. But after the delay, guess what happened? They started the game up again. There's still got to be a game to be played, right? And I think we kind of catch that idea with God here, with Joshua. Like, listen, Joshua, I know my servant said, I know the one that I loved, I cared for, I nurtured, that, that delivered you, the miracle worker. I know this guy has passed away. I know he's gone. I know you suffered loss. But at the end of the day, Joshua, what I want you to know is there is still a plan that has to be carried out. I want you to continue to move forward. I know you hurt. I know you're struggling. But there's still a plan in motion. I still want my people to occupy the land that I promised their forefathers, and we're not there yet. I know Moses is dead, but we're not there yet. So there is still a game to be played, so to speak. Now, let's take football out of the equation. Almost all of us in the room, not all, but almost all, can remember something that we experienced very similar to that as a country, can't you? 21 years ago today, 
is when the Twin Towers was hit. I was in Ellisville, Missouri as a student pastor. I had a little bitty TV on my desk. I don't know why I had a TV in there, but I did. And it was almost this time in the morning. I was at work. And I turned the TV on, and I saw the newscaster for ABC, and she was talking about how this plane had, had crashed into the tower and how they were concerned, what, what was the reason for this? Maybe the plane had bad a, a navigational, uh, you know, the instrumentation was off or something, that they have to check out the black box to find out. And while she's on the cast, you see the second plane crash into the second building. And she says, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's happened again. And at that moment, terrorists, all that stuff started coming up. Hey, did our nation pause for some days? Come on, did our nation pause? Almost 3,000 lives were killed in those towers. Almost 30,000 people were injured severely through those acts. And we paused. I remember President Bush, he went there and he walked there and we saw the newscast of that. Our hearts broke and then our hearts began to go, well, what could be next? And then we know they went after the Pentagon and we know that all these other things happened. I mean, as a nation, we took a humongous deep breath and going, oh my goodness. And we paused. But do you remember the message of our president? We still got to keep moving. We mourn the loss. Justice will come. But as a nation, we've got to keep moving. And as we remember this morning, many of you, may you say, I remember that moment. You, how many remember where you were at exactly when you saw that hat, when you heard that news? My mom, my mom compares it to when she heard JFK got shot. I'm too young to remember that one. But she, said, I, she remembers that. I remember when Ronald Reagan got shot. I mean, I mean, so we remember those moments. But we've got to keep moving. And that's exactly what God is telling Joshua. Joshua, listen, I don't want you to get so focused on the loss that you've experienced. I don't want you to get so focused on the loss that you forget, i got a plan. Yes, Moses is gone, and I hate that, and that's part of life. But there's still a plan in motion. And Joshua, we've got to still keep moving forward. I know he's gone, but the plan is still in Motion. And the reality is this. He didn't want Joshua to settle for focusing on the loss and miss out on living out the plan that he had for them. And I just want to say this to us this morning. You and I have a call to put the plan in practice too. The plan that God has for us is to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. That is our, that is our plan. That is God's plan for your life and my life, our lives. That is God's plan for our lives. And we need to make sure that we are focused on the plan. Because do we experience loss in life? Do we experience tragedies in life? Yes. And for some of us, maybe you've just gone through one. Maybe for some of you, man, there's hurt in your heart. And you're, you're in despair. And you're struggling. And you're distraught. Listen, and some of you, maybe it's because you're living for the Lord. You've suffered loss of reputation and friendships and relationships. Maybe for some of you, you've just had an unexpected tragedy hit your life. And while we need to pause and to mourn or to do whatever we need to do in that moment, we have to remember we've got to keep what? Moving and keep going. You got to keep going. And I feel like what God is telling Joshua is this. Don't let life derail you from my plan. I don't know about you, but there's sometimes I like to wallow my own self-pity. Anybody else like that? I do. 
And sometimes I don't want to move on. Sometimes I just want to wallow like a pig in a pig's pit. I just want to wallow around and just woe is me, woe is me, and good grief, woe is me. But at the end of the day, we've got to remember the call to put the plan into practice. Yes, difficult things are going to happen. Yes, difficult times are going to come our way. But at the end of the day, like they experienced loss with Moses, we too experience loss. We've got to keep moving. God still has a plan for your life. Just because bad things happen doesn't mean we stop doing justice. Just because bad things happen doesn't mean we stop doing mercy. Just because bad things happen doesn't mean we stop walking humbly with our God. The first thing I want you to notice is the call to put the plan into action, the plan into practice. The second thing I want you to notice is the promises of putting the plan into practice. Look with me in verse 3 and 4. It says this, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Just as a promise to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and to the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. One of the promises of you and I putting the plan into practice is the promise that God gives here, and that's the promise of blessing. The promise of blessing. Did you notice what he said there? He said, listen, Joshua, if you focus on carrying out my plan for this nation, everywhere your foot treads, I've already given it to you. As far as you can see, I've already given it to you. Listen to me, church. When you and I focus on the plan that God has for us to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk calmly with our God, do you think God blesses us exponentially? Come on, do you think he blesses us? Sure he does. When we walk in obedience and do the plan that he has carried out for us, he blesses in ways that are unimaginable. But that's one of the promises. If you put my plan into practice, he said that the promise of blessing. And the second promise is found in verse 5. Look at me in verse 5. It says this. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. You know what the second promise is? It's the promise of victory. It's the promise of victory. Hey, did Joshua know yet that there's going to be a lot of battles they're going to fight? No, but they're coming. Did Joshua know that when they got into these battles, there are going to be some setbacks? No, but they were coming too. But what Joshua did know is that if I focus on carrying out God's plan for his people, at the end of the day, God will always bring victory because God always carries out his plan. If you believe that this morning, church, say amen to that. He always carries out his plan. There's nothing that can stop the plans of God. And so if we are focused on carrying out his plans in our life, there will be, we will experience different victories, those small experiences, those small victories where God works in us and through us to bring glory and honor to his name. And if you look at the passage, what you find out about Joshua there is that, you know what? If you look at the story of Joshua, there's going to come a day when they're going to fight the battle of Jericho. And he's going to experience incredible victory because they did exactly what the Lord told him. And then right after that, they're going to experience great defeat temporarily because they don't do what God told them to do at AI. But then they get right with God, they go back, and ultimately they have the victory. He's like, hey, listen, you're going to experience some fights, and you're going to win somewhere out of the gate. But then you're going to have some fights, and you are going to have some real setbacks. But at the end of the day, nothing stops my plan. So God gives them the promise a blessing, the promise of victory. And let's look at a third promise we see here in verse 5, the very end of it. In verse 5, he says this, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. What is that promise? That's a promise of his presence. Now, here's why this is so important. Just as I was with Moses, 
I'll be with you. Do you think Israel looked at Moses as the cream of the crop, that God had spent time with him, that God was with him, invested him, that when they looked to Moses, they go, man, this guy, he has been with God. In fact, it's almost like the disciples in the New Testament when it says these were uneducated men, but they had been with who? They had been with Jesus, right? Do you think we can tell when someone's been with the Lord? Sure. And that was Moses. Moses was like with the Lord. I mean, he spent time with God. And when he came off the mountain, his face radiated because he'd been in the presence of God. I mean, I'm sure everybody was like, whoa, this dude has met with the creator of the universe. That had to be incredible. He says, listen, just as I was with Moses, and I'm going to be with you. My presence is going to be as real and as thick with you as it was with Moses. Can I tell you one of the beautiful things about knowing Jesus as your Savior is that we have the presence of God with us everywhere we go. Did you know that? That God's presence is with us everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. We're never alone. And just as he was with Moses, and just as he was with Joshua, and just as he was with David, God is present with you, and he's present with us. So there's a promise of presence. And then there's one last promise here in verse 5. He says this, he says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Is that good news to you this morning? Is that good news? Because I'm about you, but I can be kind of ornery. How about you? I can be a bit rebellious. Anybody else? And to know that no matter where I find myself, that God's like, listen, I love you. I'm for you. That's the thing. It's the promise of God saying, no, I'm not going to bless you. No, I'm not going to bring you the victory not only am I going to be present with you, but I'm going to bless you. The promise is, I am for you. And listen, isn't that what Paul said? If God is for us, what? Who could be against us? And so God is reminding Joshua, as I've called you out to put the plan into practice, I just need you to know some things, Joshua, that if you focus on my plan, listen to me, Joshua, if you focus on my plan, man, I'm going to blow your socks off a of blessing. Joshua, if you focus on my plan, man, you're going to see victory after victory where my name is known and my kingdom and my glory is revealed. You're going to see those. And Joshua, if you, if you focus on my plan, you're going to sense and feel my presence like never before in your life. And Joshua, if you focus on my plan, you're, it's going to build your confidence in knowing that I, the God, the creator of the universe, I'm for you. I'm on team Joshua. I'm on team Israel. And so we see this promises of putting the plan into practice. And then I want you to notice thirdly, the requirements to put this plan into practice. Look at me in verse 6. Verse 6. He says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Here's the requirements to put the plan into practice. You ready? The requirements to put the plan into practice are simple. Be strong and what? Courageous. That word strong means this. That word strong means to be firm, to be resolved. That's what it means, to be strong. It doesn't mean pump weights, you know, be able to lift the world. It means to be firm and resolved. What am I supposed to be firm and resolved in? God's plan, right? Hey, Joshua, you know my plan. The promised land is waiting us. Moses is dead. We're still not there. We're still headed to the promised land, Joshua. We're still going there. And listen, I, I'm calling you out. I want you not to let life derail you. We need to keep moving that way. And if you focus on it, man, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you victory. I'm going to be with you. I'm for you. Joshua, listen, if you do that, we're going to experience great things. But I want you to know, if you're going to put the plan in practice, Joshua, you got to be strong. you got to be firm and you got to be resolved that my plan is my plan, and you're bought into it. 
That's what it means to be strong. The word courageous just means to be brave or to be bold. Now, why would he need to be courageous? Because if you're going to be strong in God's plan, and you're firm, and you're confident, and you are resolved that God's plan is God's plan, the part of bravery comes in later, right? Because now I have to live it out. Now i got to go, if that's God's plan, and I'm on board, now it's time to live this thing out. Now it's time to get after this thing. He says, Joshua, if you're going to do what I want you to do, if you're, the requirements to put the plan into practice is you got to be strong. you got to be resolved and firm that it's my plan. But you've also got to be courageous, Joshua. You've got to be brave, man. You've got to be bold. You've got to be willing to say that, God, I'm bought into your plan, and I'm willing, listen, I'm willing to carry it out. Everybody look at me just for a moment. If you're a Christian, we've talked two weeks about God's plan. These requirements are the same requirements you and I have. If we're going to put his plan into practice, we too have to be strong. Are you confident that God's plan is to do what's right, to show mercy, and to walk humbly with your heart? Are you confident of that? And if you're confident, will you be brave and bold enough to put it into practice? And then Joshua gives one more requirement in the next couple of verses. One more in verse 7 and 8. Look at verse 7. He says this. I love this. In verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Have you noticed that God repeats himself with Joshua? Three times he says this. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from the right or to the left, that you may go, have good success wherever you go. Verse 8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Here's what he says. Listen, here's the third requirement. Yes, be strong. Yes, be courageous. But you ready? If you're going to really put the plan to practice, third requirement, guard your steps. Guard your steps. Did you notice what he said there? Do exactly what Moses commanded you. Like I used to, when I was, many years ago, I would, on my day off, just because I love teenagers, I would sub on my day off. I'm talking like back in the 90s. I, I got over that really quickly. But I would sub on my day off, and it was always funny. You'd go into the, to the school, and if it was a sub, the teacher would have out her lesson plan for every hour, and you were left this note, do exactly what's on the lesson plan, which I always found humor in because I was like, I want to be the cool sub, so we're going to do part of what's on the lesson plan and hope they get all of it done. So there was the idea of get it all done. Did I ever do it? Probably not really well, but the issue is he's like, listen, Joshua, I want you to do exactly what Moses told you. Don't deviate to the left or to the right. Do it exactly. And then he's like, almost like, okay, in case you don't remember what you're supposed to do, meditate on the law day and night. Hear me on this. If we are going to put God's plan into practice, the requirements for us, we too need to be strong, don't we? Confident that it's his plan. And listen, not just because the preacher said it, but you're bought in that when you read your Bible, that do justice, love mercy, walk come with your God is God's plan for your life. Be bought into that and then be brave enough to go outside these doors and live it out. But as you do it, you got to guard your steps. Listen, make sure you don't deviate from the right or to the left that you take his word that reflects his heart, his desire, and his will for us, and that you make sure that you meditate on it day and what? 
night. One more thing I want you to notice as we close. It's this. The last thing. The reward of putting the plan into practice. Let's go back to verse 7. He says this. That you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then, everybody say for then. For then you will, be, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Here's the reward of you and I putting his plan into practice. You ready? Same reward God offered them. Number one, success. Now, by success, I'm not talking about worldly success. Are you hearing me on that, church? Because too many times we see these words, we're thinking worldly success, worldly prosperity. That's not what I'm talking about. In fact, the very last week of this series of messages, I'm going to talk about biblical success, what it really is. And it's not worldly success, I can tell you that. But success is experiencing those victories where God works in and through us. And if you put this plan into practice, one of the rewards is you're going to experience those victories. You're going to experience success. We've already said that. And then he says you're going to become prosperous. Now, when you think of prosperous, what do you think of? Come on, what do you think of? Come on, say it like you mean it. What? Money, money, money. Right, that's what you're thinking of, right? That's not what he's referring to. Prosperous in the sense of you're going to have a life that matters. Now, hear me. Think about this for a moment. Do you want your life to count for something? I mean, one day, the story of Doug will be the story of Moses. Doug's dead, right? That's going to be my story one day. It is. It's going to be my story. Hopefully later than sooner. That's going to be my story. It's going to be your story. But what will they say about you? What will they declare about you? I can tell you what I want them to say about me. I want them to say that while he was honorary, selfish, self-centered, he was faithful. He struggled. He didn't have it all figured out. But man, he sure did love Jesus. And I'm telling you, the prosperity that I want in this world is that my life counts for something. He says, listen, Joshua, if you focus on my plan, one of the rewards is, yeah, you're going to be successful. You're going to have these victories where I work in and through you, but you're going to be prosperous, Joshua. Yes, you're probably going to get some stuff. You're going to gain some land, but at the end of the day, you're going to live a life, Joshua, that matters. And then he says, last of all, don't forget that I'm, that I'm with you and for you and that I'll be with you wherever you go. And the last reward is the confidence that we gain and knowing that God is always with us. That God is always with us. So when we read this passage, what we find out is God gives Joshua a call to put the plan into practice. He reminds him of the promises of putting that plan into practice. And then he lays out the requirements. If you're going to do this, here's what's going to require of you. And then he talks about the reward of putting it into practice. Now, as I wrapped this up the other night, I was praying about this, thinking about it. My mind went to Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus teaches the Sermon on the Mount. At the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus ends with a parable. The parable of the, the builders, right? The one who's built on sand, the one who built on rock. And if you remember, here's what he said. Because when I come to a passage like this, here's what I want you to think about this morning, all right? You're, I'll, be, I'll be honest. What's at stake if you don't do anything today? 
If you don't heed the call and say, you know what, I'm not going to let life derail me anymore. I'm going to keep moving forward and living a life that honors God. If you're, if you're going to totally ignore the sense of these requirements are necessary in my life and I'm going to make them part of my life. If you're going to, what's at stake if you don't do anything this morning? Well, I want you to hear the words of Jesus. Jesus says, the man who builds his house on the rock, though he says, the, one, the man who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. The man who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. So who do you want to be? Wise? Blessing? Small victories where God works in and through you? Or foolish? Where you miss out on those blessings. You miss out on those victories. And your life is all about you and not about him. So this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a believer this morning, my question is simple. Are you putting this plan into practice? And what do you need to do? For some of you, if you looked at it as we've gone through it today, you're like, you know what? I I have let life derail me. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to carry God's plan for my life. Or these requirements, I've not been strong. I've not been bold. I've not been brave. I've not guarded my steps. But today I want to commit to do those things. If you're a believer and you really believe the plan and you really want to be wise and put it into practice, would you make some new commitments to the Lord today? And if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus, can I tell you his plan for your life? He wants you to know him. He wants you to have an eternity with him. And that only happens when you surrender your life, acknowledge your sinner, asking to forgive you and to come in to be the boss and the master of your life. And if you'll do that, he will change you and he will change your eternity. So this morning, here's a question. It's very simple. Will you take the plan and put it into practice? If you do, wisdom, blessing, victory. If you don't, foolishness selfishness, and you're going to miss out. You have to make the choice of who you want to be. Let's all pray. Let's all stand together if you would. Everybody stand, every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word, Lord. And I know there's more here that we could, could unpack, but God, I just feel like as we think about the plan that we laid out in Micah, that you laid out for us, God, I, don't, I didn't want that verse just to be a verse. Where like, oh, that was a great message, but God, that should be the anthem of our life. That's the banner we live under. To do justice, do what's right, to to love mercy and to show mercy and to walk with you, God. That's that's your plan. And God, I pray you would, your Holy Spirit would, would convict all of us. Are we putting that plan into practice? Are we living it out? For some of us, we've let life derail us. For others of us, we're not willing to, to fulfill the requirements needed. And as a result, We miss out on the promises. We miss out on the reward of doing it. And your word would call us foolish. So God, I pray for some believers today. I pray that we would take this plan and we say, Lord, I'm committing today to put it into practice. I'm committing today, even when life tries to derail me, to pause when I need to pause, to mourn when I need to mourn, to take a breath when I need to take a breath, but I'm never going to be derailed from the plan and living the plan out in my life. That God, I'm going to be willing today to commit to fulfilling these requirements, that I'm confident this is your plan. 
that I'm going to be brave and be bold with the help of your Holy Spirit to live a life that matters. And I'm going to guard my steps, not by the wisdom of man, but by the wisdom of your word. So God, I pray today that there would be some commitments like that made. God, would you just move this morning? Would you convict us, convict all of us, break us, wreck us for those of us that know the plan but aren't living it out? God, by doing that, we are taking your name in vain and we're, we're damaging the name of Christ in the world. God, my prayer is that we would make such a commitment to do this that when people see us, they are drawn to you. So God, would you just have your way with us right now? Would your Holy Spirit convict and challenge and move as he knows what needs to be done? And God, will we be faithful to respond? We love you, Lord. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. This morning, I don't know what commitments you need to make. I know how God has been dealing with me through this passage. But maybe you just want to come get alone with the Lord. Say, God, here's my heart. Here's my struggles. I'm making some real commitments today. I'm not going to let life derail me. I am going to fulfill the requirements. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be not just courageous. I'm going to be very courageous so that I can point people to you. Maybe you need to make that commitment. This altar is open. If you need somebody to pray with you, Jason and Kelly are right over there. would love to pray with you. Or if you made any other response today, if you would grab the bottom of that handout piece we gave you and just write it down as you leave today, drop it in the connections, the box of the connection table. I would love to know the commitment you made. If you accepted Christ today, I would love to know that. But however the Lord is moving in your heart, would we all, all be faithful to surrender, to yield, and to respond the way we feel the Lord is tugging in our heart as we continue to worship?